0: Welcome to the Life Church of Kansas City podcast. Please consider following, sharing, and supporting by giving at TLCKCMO.com. May you be blessed by the word of God. I want to teach tonight, we might preach a little bit, try to do a little mixture of both and uh, maybe we'll laugh, maybe we'll cry, all of those things, but I really Feel tonight for all those that are present, all those that are, gonna, that are watching now, watch and listen later, that God is going to uh, open up understanding tonight about a very, very special subject that is dear to my heart. And the subject is asking God for direction. Asking God for direction, why we should do it and how we should do it and how it will benefit your life and your walk with the Lord reading to you from the Psalms, Psalm 27, a Psalm of David. He says, one thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Let me hear you say inquire, inquire, that's right. Amen. Asking God for direction. I get a lot of questions um, out there in the narthex as people are coming in, sometimes phone calls, text messages about the Bible, about the Christian life, and I usually keep a list of those questions. And a lot of my sermon content, a lot of things that I do on media and a lot of things I'm starting to actually write about come from the questions uh, from church people, The number one question that I get, it seems like every year from people is, how do I hear the voice of God? How do I hear the voice of God? And I can tell when people ask that, that that is a very serious question. And there's a lot of answers to that. And I believe the focus tonight is gonna help you if you are asking that question. Because in life, I believe we should hear the voice of God. I believe we should be directed of the Lord. I believe we shouldn't uh, make a move with anything big, anything significant, even sometimes the small things. But these major life-altering or life-changing decisions, we should always seek the Lord. Because I've seen a pattern in life. If you make a bad decision, usually bad decisions lead to more bad decisions. But if you start making Wise decisions, it leads to more wise decisions. And David the king, the psalmist, the one who foresaw Messiah in so many powerful ways, depended upon getting answers from God to direct him in his life. We are the New Testament church. You and I have the full complete Bible, all 66 books. You and I have the Holy Spirit, things that David didn't have. You and I have the gifts of the Spirit. You and I have fivefold ministry. You and I have things that he didn't have access to. But there are things found in the Old Testament that if we're not careful, we can forget about and not take advantage and, and reach out and grab things that the Spirit has to offer us if we will just but seek for them and take time for them. And one of the main aspects of this is getting direction from the Lord. So in the Old Testament, there were several ways you could hear from God that the patriarchs did, and also as given by the law of Moses. Quite often, you would hear from God directly. You could hear from God directly. God would respond by speaking with his voice. Sometimes God's thoughts would come to you. This is one that happens to me quite often. I will just be somewhere in the car here at church or wherever and I start getting thoughts that aren't from me but from God and what this is like is for instance I want you right now to think of a cookie did you think of it now maybe you already had cookies on your mind because they were delicious out there at the entrance a minute ago but we just worship the Lord we're preaching we're gonna pray really the last thing that should be on your mind is cookies But because I said think about a cookie you thought of a cookie in your mind's eye this is how God works you will have your mind focused on driving your mind focused on work your mind focused on mowing the lawn and all of a sudden a thought from nowhere will come to you and you know that's not just my brain wandering that's just not my daydreams but a thought that came from nowhere and usually it comes with a mind's eye vision you are getting thoughts from the Lord you're getting thoughts from the Lord he's speaking to you you can't hear it with your ear but you in a way hear it with your mind's eye ear or you think it with your mind's eye vision God talks that way he also of course can talk by dreams he can talk by visions and he can talk by signs miracles wonders and signs he talks that way so observing just these things You can find direction from the Lord. You're in from God directly. Also in the Old Testament, God would talk through prophets. The people would come, inquire of the prophet. The prophet would bring out somebody to play a harp or some type of musical instrument. And as the music would play, the prophet would uh, dial up into the Holy Ghost and would hear from God and reveal deep secrets and speak things to give guidance to the people. So you hear from God directly in the Old Testament. You could also hear from a prophet. But then there was another way to hear from God. It's very interesting. You could hear from God through the priest, but not so much through the priest, but rather by two rocks that he kept in his pocket, in his priestly garments. And these two stones were called the Urim and the Thummim. But for Kansas City, Midwest sake, we're just going to call it the Urim and the Thummim, all right? So, sometimes in the Bible, these were just shortened up by just calling it uh, Urim. Like here, usually we don't always say the Life Church KC. A lot of us just say TLC. Some of us just say Life. Some of us just say up there at the church, right? So, the Hebrews did that. So, a lot of times to shorten it up, they would just say the Urim. But Urim and Thummim translated into Hebrew, it meant light and truth. Light and truth. And in various places of the Bible, you can learn about these special stones that were in the priestly garments. And also according to rabbinical tradition, a lot of very interesting things about it. They were given by God to Moses and wrote them in the law. And these priests who had many things a part of their garments that were very spiritual and very powerful and had a message, but buried inside, not visible, but buried in a pocket, but reachable with the hand were these two stones, the Ermine and the Thumbum, or the, the truth and the light. And what would happen is either a king or a leader of the people when it came time to make a decision for the land, for a big family, for a big deal, such as do we go to war or not? Uh, Should we uh, focus on our olive trees or our grape tree or grape vines? You know, decisions about agriculture, decisions about livestock and where to migrate and where to go. And what they would do is come to that priest and they would ask a question And it was always in the manner of a yes or no question, such as the king would come to the priest and say, I would like to inquire of the Lord, shall we go to war? A yes or no question, shall we go to war? And according to tradition, the priest would reach into that little pocket there behind the breastplate and would pull out the two stones. And if those two stones were shining, the answer was yes. According to tradition, these stones, when they would light up, they looked like the sun and the moon. One looked like the sun, like the color of amber, and the other one was a bright white color. So now normally stones don't shine, but what would happen is the glory of God and the tabernacle would cause these two stones to shine. And that is how kings would get direction on whether they should go to war or not, whether they should Plant crops here or do this or that all types of business if they couldn't hear from God directly by dreams couldn't hear from God by prophet, they would inquire of the priest from the truth and the light inside of his priestly garments so you have David a shepherd boy doesn't know anything about the tabernacle never been around it he doesn't so much make his first moves for God through inquiring of the Lord but he just kind of moves through faith You know, he didn't ask God, shall I go to war with Goliath? Will you give me victory? No. He just saw that giant. He didn't like what he heard, and nobody else was doing anything about it. So he thought, I'm going to do something about it. And that type of faith gave him a great victory. Praise the Lord. So this inquiring of the Lord only works for certain places and certain times. Most of the time, if you act in faith, God will back you up. He really will, unless it's foolish faith. (laughs) actually there's no foolish faith there's just foolishness okay always be wise but I've just found when it comes to making big decisions in life decisions like do I go to war or do I say yes or do I say no or do I take this job or not you need to hear from God you need a yes or no and that's what inquiring of the Lord is for but for the most part the decisions that we make they are a step of faith and using wisdom and using good discretion using proper understanding and you know thinking about where is this going to lead and a lot of times just simply when you need something the bible says seek and you will find and if you learn to just seek after it you usually will find it amen you don't need to ask the lord a yes or a no question for instance if you're single, you're a guy. You need a wife, or you're a lady and you need a husband. You don't need to pray, God. Should I get married? Will I get married tomorrow? Right? Instead, seek for it. I'm a witness of that. For years in my early twenties, I just waited around. You know, God put me to sleep and and take out a rib and give me a wife. You know, just like Adam. God's like, no, that was a one time deal. The Bible says he who finds a wife will find a good thing. And I did seek sometimes that's what you got to do. You can't just wait on an answer from God. You got to get out and get after it. You know, you know, you can't just sit there if you're debating whether or not to be baptized. You can't just expect, you know, God, if I look up there and see a dove flying around in that baptistry like you did, I'm going to get up there and get baptized. can't ask God for a sign when the Bible clearly commands you to do it just believe the Bible right but certain times in your life it's not going to be a sign it's not going to be faith it is going to have to be a direct question from Almighty God so David kills Goliath and immediately Saul gets jealous of him and the jealousy grew and grew and grew to the point where Saul was throwing javelins at David And David started to understand the law of God and the law of God commanded, do not touch the Lord's anointed. So David was never going to break the law of God. So instead of touching the Lord's anointed or coming after the Lord's anointed, he fled for his life out into the wilderness. And while he was out there in that wilderness, the Bible says 400 men who were greatly distressed, greatly in debt and greatly discouraged, all gathered to him and that was the beginning of David's kingdom. He built a kingdom on men like that. But through prayer and Psalms and faith in Almighty God, they were able to pay off those debts. They were able to become encouraged, amen. They were no longer distressed, but determined to fight and to become a great kingdom for Almighty God. Well, Saul was angry about this and, and uh, sent men out to find him. And some of the men came to the tabernacle where the high priest Abiathar was. And Abiathar, knowing what was going on, because there was, it was horrible, there was execution going on amongst the priests. But the high priest left the tabernacle, left the Ark of the Covenant, left the altar of incense, left the table of showbread, left the golden lampstand, left the labor of water, left the altar of sacrifice. The only thing he has on is his priestly garments. And he runs to David and David welcomes him. So David has an army of men that are becoming encouraged. He now has a high priest. That's all he's got. One of the reasons why David accomplished so much was because he learned how to do so much with so little. And even though he didn't have the whole tabernacle, even though he didn't have partnership with the king, in that peace even with his homeland, but he had some people in his life. He had a priest to watch over him. He had almighty God, he had worship, he had instruments and a few weapons. And just using those few things, he was able to raise up a mighty army and do great things for God and to take out his enemies, amen. But there were times when he knew I can't just advance and I can't just go forward, I can't just do what I want, and I can't just have faith. I got to start asking God questions. And that is what he did. In the Bible, from 1 Samuel to 2 Samuel, we have recorded in the scripture nine times that David inquired of the Lord. One of the first being in 1 Samuel 23, the Philistines, he was outnumbered, he was outspeared, he was sworded. he was out shielded. pardon my English, I don't know how else to say it. It's either I go up to the Philistines or I don't. So he inquired of the Lord, brought Abiathar out there, and he asked the priest, the Lord God Almighty, through him, through the Urim and the Thummim, shall I go up to Keilah? Priest pulled out the stones, they lit up. God said, yes. And then he asked, will Saul come? Will Keilah deliver me to Saul? Pulled out the stones, they lit up, yes. So there he started making good decisions based upon God's yes. First Samuel 30, when uh, the Philistines overtook his family and everything at Ziklag, inquired of the Lord, shall I go up to Ziklag and will I overtake it? The priest took the Urim and the Thummim, the truth and the light, they lit up. Yes, he goes up there and recovers all. Praise the Lord. In 2 Samuel 5, Philistines, mighty army, he inquired of the Lord, shall I go up? And the priest, pull out the stones, no light. The answer was no. He asked, shall I go around? The stones lit up, said yes. So he went around and he waited. Powerful story, while they waited, the Bible says they could hear the sound of footsteps in the top of the trees. David looked up and saw the angels of the Lord marching in the top of those trees and came down and fought the battle for them. Praise the Lord. This is how David David was able to defeat armies greater than him in territories that he was unfamiliar with. This is how he was able to advance the kingdom and to fulfill the promise that God gave to Abraham. To your descendants, I will give this land and I will make you a great people. David was not impulsive about it, but instead he inquired of the Lord, God, are you in this? And if God was in it, he took a step out and he saw God fight the battle for him. But sometimes he would ask God, shall I do this? And there was no answer. So David took that as a no, and he was able to advance. He was able to grow. He was able to prosper because he inquired of the Lord. Praise God. Amen. And we can do that too. David did that. And you would think King Saul would do it, but he never did because he did not respect and did not welcome the priest into his life. So instead of acquiring of the Lord by the priest, he broke the law of God and he went to a witch. God would not answer him by dreams would answer him by a prophet, but went to a witch. And that is when his downfall really began. Mm. So I know we're in the New Testament. You know, I've got, what do I got in my pocket? I've got a wallet and I've got some AirPods. If you ask me a question, you know, shall I take this job? And I say, Lord, shall brother Bob take this job? I seriously doubt these are gonna light up. Okay, (laughs) we don't have anything like that here. In the New Testament church but Jesus told us I didn't come to destroy the law I came to fulfill the law meaning the law had gaps and it had empty spaces and he came in to complete the law and to fulfill the law and to become what the law could not accomplish Jesus did it all and one of the things that he became for us is our high priest He's our Savior he's our Lord he's our King but he is also our high priest bishop myself other guest speakers none of us operate as a priest none of you in here bring your animals and we sacrifice them here in front of the altar no Jesus already did that on the cross he offered his own blood he is our priest in heaven and you read in the book of Revelation the Ark of the Covenant is in heaven the temples in heaven the tabernacles in heaven Moses' tabernacle, that didn't begin on earth. No, he got a vision of what the tabernacle was in heaven that John saw in Revelation. Jesus is up there in that heavenly temple as a high priest. When John sees him, he's clothed with linen. He's dressed as a priest. So you know what he has up there? Truth and light. So you and I don't need to acquire of an earthly priest. But you and I, the veil has been torn. You and I, as it were, can step behind that and go to where the Ark of the Covenant is, up there in heaven, and you and I can inquire directly of the Lord. Amen. Just what you and I felt here on a Wednesday night in that worship service, only the high priest could feel that maybe once a year. But the glory of God was something that was veiled and kept at distance from people. Only the high priest could come. But the Lord Jesus Christ Has consecrated all of us men and women to be priests for him to be kings with him to be as it were just like David amen to inquire of the Lord and to get answers from him praise the Lord amen it's very real let me tell you we don't necessarily have those real stones but you can hear it and feel it in your spirit and God will help you to have a witness At the moments when you need a direct word from God to get answers from him. Praise the Lord. Oh, I'm telling you, it's very, very real. And I can feel a witness that some of you have done this. Amen. So you want to learn how to hear the voice of God? Based upon what David did, start asking God questions. Ask him questions. But I feel based upon what David did and upon what the priest would do, always ask God the question when you gotta make a decision in a yes or a no manner. Don't treat it like one of those little magic eight balls, okay, you know? Don't treat it like a fortune cookie. (laughs) Definitely no Ouija board, none of that. That is counterfeit to the real thing, the real voice of the Lord, praise God. But if you will learn in moments in your life, when you feel as it were you are on the run and you've got enemies all around you, you've got opposition here, you've got barriers here, you've got mountains here and valleys here and you don't know where to go or what to do, start asking God, should I go left or should I go right? And wait and see what God speaks to you. (laughs) Ask him, should I stop? Feel it out, see what God speaks to you. Ask him, should I go forward and see what God speaks to you and wait for his yes. Ask God a hundred different times about the matter. Asking it in a yes or no manner will get you direction because you know why? It's easier to hear a yes than a long drawn out question or a long drawn out answer. Praise the Lord. I remember when I was 18 years old turned 18 and, uh, I turned 18 November of, uh, the year 2000. Uh, yeah, the year 2000, I turned 18 and, uh, a lot of church people, my parents, a lot of my family were asking, so what are you going to do with your life now? And I remember thinking, what am I going to do with my life? I'm just now starting to have fun. I'm 18 years old. Why am I thinking about my life? But uh, I'm so glad they put pressure on me. You need to get an education. You need to start thinking about being a husband one day, start being a father one day, start getting responsibility in your life. And I, I you know, I thought being an adult would be fun, but I, I gave up on fun and happiness a long time ago when I turned 18 and I care only about responsibility. Well, happiness and fun is for kids, right? <laughs> but uh, I'm just kidding. But um, my Second semester of my senior year, January, rolled around, and I knew I was going to graduate in May, and I needed to start thinking about the future, and I really had no direction. I remembered when I was a little boy, I felt a call of God in my life, but I really didn't know what was next for me or what the future held. I thought, you know, perhaps do I not go to college? Maybe I go to secular college. Maybe I uh, uh, go uh, you know, overseas and go to school. What do, what do I do? And Gateway College was at our church, that service in January, and uh, we had a powerful move of God. And I remember Gateway was singing that song, uh, I know that I can make it, I know that I can stand, no matter what may come my way, my life is in your hands. And I remember just worshiping the Lord and just enjoying that song, and as I began to pray, my life is in your hands, I started thinking about Bible College. And I could feel the Lord pulling on my heart. To be honest with you, I really was not interested in Bible college. I wasn't. I had other things in mind. I remember in my spirit, I prayed, Lord, shall I go to Gateway Bible College? And the word of the Lord came to me directly, audibly in my mind. And the word was, yes. I could still hear it right now. I'd never heard it before like that. And I've heard it many times since then when I asked God questions. I then asked the Lord, shall I go for four years? And the Lord said, yes. And Gateway made a big difference in my life. I've done this with cars. I've done this with property I've purchased. I've done this with so many major decisions and have been doing it this year. It is amazing when you ask God for help, for an answer, what you will hear. It is amazing that God, it's as it is, it's like he bows down his ear constantly to his people. He wants to be included in your decisions. He wants to be in the loop in your life. But if you want to do it your way, God's not going to control you he'll let you go your own way but I believe there are people here at the Life Church in Kansas City that don't want to make a move unless God is in it we're tired we tried it our will and our way a long time ago and didn't get us much but when we stepped in the will and the way of the Lord things became amazing the chaos in our life ended the calamity in our life ended and God got us on the pathway of righteousness and gave us perfect peace I read it yesterday in the Proverbs it says my son do not turn to the right and do not turn to the left never let your feet get into the path of evil and how we do that and how we accomplish that is to learn when God is saying yes and to learn when God is saying no because in one small decision walking into that wrong door can lead you down a life of regret but if you will get God's green light every single time, let me tell you, the future is bright. <laughs> I want to see a bright light shining from the Urim and the Thummim, from my high priest, on any move I make, any decision I make for myself and my family, for this church, for anything that we do. I got to know God is in it. Praise the Lord. Amen. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you one more story. So it's just us here tonight. So when you drive up into the life church for many years, there on the slope, we used to have a, I guess the politically correct term would be a natural area, a wild area. To me, I called it the weed salad bar of the life church. And all on that slope was just weeds, right? Some of you pay attention, some of you don't. Some of you, you don't care what it looks like. You're ready to just get in here and hear from God. For the rest of us, we like to look at the property and and enjoy it, and God has given us great land up here. You know, we're in Kansas City proper, but you get up here and you're in the woods, and it's nice, I love that. As it were, we get to experience things up here that are not all man-made, but a lot of God-made stuff. Beautiful sunrises, beautiful sunsets, a starry sky at night, it's just amazing. We would drive up here, and I would see that big old weed patch, and I'm like, oh, I wish we could do something about that. But there was this and that, and at the time, you know, 10 or so years ago, we were worried about could we mow that hill? Could we do this or that for that hill? And there was talks so of maybe we could install, you know, a retaining wall. You know, that's a lot of money, and then one of the biggest worries, worries is a retaining wall would become a magnet for graffiti. I don't want to drive up into the church and and see Hello Mac Daddy or something like that on there. So I was up here praying a few months ago and I inquired of the Lord about it. I said, Lord, shall we just let it to grow naturally? I heard nothing. I said, Lord, shall we build a big old retaining wall there? Heard nothing started going down the list of options. Then I finally asked, shall we mow it all down and plant grass seed? And I heard a yes. So I don't know if you've driven up there, we've taken out all of those weeds and we got little seed leads coming up right there on a hill. And it's awesome, amen. I inquired of the Lord about grass. You know, because erosion could happen, this could happen. And I talked to some other guys and we got a good decision and we got grass growing there and the weeds are gone and it's going to look really nice. And I'm asking the Lord questions about this. And some of you are like, that is so silly. Well, Hey, you can laugh all you want, but I trust my God in heaven to help me with decisions like that and big things like that. This church building, the campaigns, everything that we have ever done, we never made a move without God. That's why we are a blessed people. But it seems like when we get impulsive and start wanting to do things our way, it just doesn't work. And if you're here tonight on a Wednesday night and you need an answer from God, your answer is coming tonight. Amen. Let's all stand together. The disciples are in a boat. One night, Jesus said, go sail to the other side. And a big storm came up. They thought they were going to die. And they look out on the water. It's pitch black, dark out, but they see somebody out there in the middle of that storm. The disciples said, it's gotta be a ghost. There's no way that's a real person. It's gotta be a spirit who can walk on the water. But Peter thought, if it's gonna be anybody, it's Jesus. Instead of just jumping out of that boat and running to the Lord, what does he do? Lord, if it's you, ask me to come out to you. Jesus said, it is I, do not be afraid, come on out. A lot of times we focus on the sinking part, and I don't want to focus on that right now. I'm focusing on asking God questions. God, if it's you, tell me to come forward. If it's not you, I'm going to stay here. If it's you, I'll take a step of faith in an area that I've never walked before, where you are, and that's where I'll go. And friends, if you keep your eyes on the Lord, you'll never sink, you'll never drown. But if you keep your eyes on him, you can go far and wide. David built his kingdom on the yes and no's of God. That's how the apostles were able to accomplish and to spread the gospel all over the world. You read in the book of Acts, Paul wanted to go to Macedonia, but he said, the Spirit forbidden me. God wouldn't even allow me. You know, Paul wants to get out there and preach the gospel and start a church, but God said No. Depend upon God's yes and no, and watch your life become amazing. This altar is open for anybody that wants the truth and the light of Almighty God. It may not be right now, but in the future, you may be facing a big decision. And I've come to tell you, God wants to talk to you. He wants to be your priest. He wants to be your answer. He wants to give you direction. Just start asking God in a yes or no manner, God, should I take this job and wait and see what comes? Ask God, Lord, shall I sell my house and wait and see what God says? Lord, shall I buy this car and wait and see what God says? Some of you, you've got kids that are thinking about the future, ask the Lord, God, should my child go this route and see what God says? Start asking God questions and see what the Lord will do. Father, I just pray right now. Lord, we're flesh and blood just like King David. And Lord, there is so much faith inside of our souls, God. But I just feel right now tonight that, Lord, it's not faith that we need, but we need direction from Almighty God. And Lord, we've come to petition you and we've come to inquire of you. Lord, we love your beautiful house here, just like David prayed. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, to behold the beauty of the Lord, to inquire in his temple. And we're inquiring of you tonight for direction, Lord. Lord, it may seem small, Lord, to so many others, but if it's, Lord, from our heart, it's a big thing to us, Lord. And you care about big things, and you care about small things. And we've come, Lord, with major decisions, Lord, for you. And I pray that you would speak tonight, Lord, Amen. Come on, somebody. Get a hold of God. <laughs> ask Him. Ask Him. Ask Him. Hallelujah. Seek, you will find. Knock, it, it will be open. Your Father only knows what you need if you will just but ask Him. And the Father, amen, who sees in secret will begin to reward you openly. Amen. Honor Him with your decision-making. Honor Him with the choices that you make let him be your God let him be your priest praise the Lord praise the Lord thank you for listening to this message for more content follow us on Facebook Instagram and YouTube at the Life Church KC reference the episode notes for more details